We are in the midst of a series of lessons entitled Shaped for Significance. And to help us remember our God-given shape, we have put it in the form of an acrostic. The S stands for spiritual gifts. The H for heart or passion. The A for abilities, skills, talents. The P for personality, temperament. And the E for experiences, both good and bad. And it's all five of these life components that make us the unique and significant individuals that God has shaped us to be. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4-6, through 6, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit gives them. There are different ways of serving, but the same Lord is served. There are different abilities to perform service, but God gives ability to everyone for their service. Notice that phrase in verse 4. Different kinds of spiritual gifts. That's the S. And two Sundays ago, we focused on how my spiritual gifts shape me. Then notice the phrase in verse 5, different ways of serving. That's the H. And last Sunday, we focused on how my heart shapes me. And finally, notice the phrase in verse 6, different abilities to perform service. That's the A. And this morning, we're going to focus on how my abilities shape me. Follow along in your Bible as I read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Look at it with me. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I think that the key to understanding these three verses is this. We are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. We must get that straight in our heads. We are not saved by good works. It's nothing we can do of ourselves. We could never earn or merit our salvation. The, the work is the work that God has already done. It was the finished work of the cross. And it's already done for us. And it is by grace, through faith, in that work, in Jesus, that we are saved. And yet, Sometimes we leave out verse 10, and it's just as important to these three verses. We are saved for good works. Works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. I like to look at it like this. Salvation is God's gift to us. Good works is our gift to God. Shaped for Significance. How my abilities shape me. Let's begin today's lesson with some impressions about my abilities. There are several vital principles impressed upon us by the Bible in regard to our God-given abilities. Let me share three of them with you. First of all, we must understand they are given from God. 
Earlier we read in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 6, there are different abilities to perform service, but God gives ability to everyone for their service. Likewise, Romans 12 verse 6 we read, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. But I particularly like the way it's worded in Ephesians 2 and verse 10. In fact, let's read this one out loud together. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Yeah. God prepared those for us to do. We often emphasize that our spiritual gifts are God-given, but we fail to realize that our natural abilities are also God-given. Just as God determines which spiritual gifts we receive at our spiritual birth, so He also determines what natural abilities, talents, and skills we receive at our physical birth. And don't miss this. Both are an important part of our God-given shape. Just out of curiosity, I did a little digging into the Bible this past week, and I was amazed at how many different abilities that I found in the Bible that it says that God gave to people. The list is pretty incredible. I'm sure that I only scratched the surface, but let me just give you a sampling. Athletic ability. Artistic ability. Architectural ability. Administrative ability, baking ability, barbering ability, boat making ability, all these are in the Bible, candy making ability, carpentry ability, debating ability, designing ability, embalming ability, hmm. embroidering ability, inventing ability, machinist ability, management ability, masonry ability, musical ability, needlework ability, painting ability, planning ability, poetic ability, playing Xbox 360 ability. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Good, I'm glad you laughed because I wanted to make sure you were still listening. Alright. Sailing ability, selling ability, sewing ability, soldier ability, tailoring ability, teaching ability, tent making ability, writing ability, and the list just goes on and on. But here's my point. Whatever abilities we may have, we must recognize that they are given from God. Our talents and skills are a part of God's purpose and plan for our lives. In fact, according to Ephesians 2 and verse 10, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that an amazing verse? It blows me away. Before I ever existed, before you ever existed, God already knew your shape and my shape. He already had prepared in advance certain works certain things for us to do for Him with our abilities. That is amazing. And yet, we are so focused on trying to be things we are not. Isn't that true? We always, you know, want to be something else other than what we 
are. Why? I ran across this this last week. Once upon a time, the animals decided that they should do something meaningful to meet the problems of this world. And so they organized a school. They adopted an activity curriculum of running, climbing, swimming, and flying. And to make it easier to administer the curriculum, all of the animals took all of the subjects. Now the duck was excellent in swimming. In fact, he was better than his instructor. But he only made passing grades in flying. He was very poor in running and climbing. In fact, this caused his webbed feet to become so badly worn that he became only average in swimming. But average was quite acceptable, so nobody worried about that except the duck. The rabbit started at the top of his class in running. But soon he developed a nervous twitch in his leg muscles because of so much makeup work in swimming. The squirrel was excellent in climbing, but encountered constant frustration in flying class because his teacher made him start from the ground up instead of from the treetop down. He developed Charlie horses from overexertion, so he only got a C in climbing and a D in running. Now the eagle was a problem child and was severely disciplined for being nonconformist. In climbing class, he beat all the others for getting to the top of the tree, but insisted on using his own way to get there. The obvious moral of this story is a simple one. Each creature has its own set of capabilities in which it will naturally excel unless it is expected or forced to fit a mold that doesn't fit. And what happens is frustration discouragement, even guilt that will bring overall mediocrity or even complete defeat. Let's learn from the animals, shall we? I mean, folks, if God has given you the ability to swim, then swim well. If God has given you the ability to run, then run well. If God has given you the ability to climb, then climb to the heights. If God's given you the ability to fly, then Soar like an eagle. But don't try to be and do something that you were not shaped to do. God gave you your shape. So first, my abilities are given from God. Number two, they need to be used for God. They need to be used for God. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 simply instructs us, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Jesus expanded a bit on that in Matthew 5.16 when He said, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. It's for His glory. Now researchers tell us that each and every person has somewhere between 500 and 700 different abilities. Things that we are capable of doing. Some are as simple as motor skills, such as the ability to walk or the ability to talk. (laughs) This last week, Karen and I were talking about abilities, and she said, you can tell everybody this. One of my abilities is sewing, and another one of my abilities is talking. (laughs) She said it. I didn't, okay? I'm just telling you. (laughs) Some of us do that really well. 
There are other abilities, of course, that are more complex, such as the ability to play an instrument. Or how about the ability to make money? You ever think about that? Did you know that making money is a God-given ability? Look at Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18. It says, Remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Isn't that interesting? Making money is a God-given ability. Now my point is this, whatever our abilities may be, making money or teaching children or working on a factory assembly line or managing an office or balancing ledger sheets or raising children at home or playing an instrument or writing notes of encouragement or whatever else, we can and should bring honor and glory to God through those abilities. So second, my abilities are to be used for God. Number three, my abilities will be inspected by God. I mean, whatever else we may learn from the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, one thing is perfectly clear, and that is the Lord will return someday to inspect what we have done with the talents and the skills that He has entrusted to us. Matthew 25 and verse 19 puts it this way, After a long time, the Master returned and settled accounts. Romans 14, verse 12 simply says, each of us must give an account to God for what we do. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2, Paul writes, now it's required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. And we have all been given a trust. He has entrusted to us special abilities. And when He comes again, He will call us into accountability for our faithfulness or our unfaithfulness in using our abilities for His glory. Enough said. Third, my abilities are going to be inspected by God. So in summary, here are three important impressions from the Bible about our God-given abilities. They are given from God. They are to be used for God. And they will, in fact, be inspected by God. Which leads us to our second main thought this morning. And that's the implementation of my abilities. How can I use my God-given abilities to their fullest extent? Well, let me highlight just four things that we ought to do in implementing my talents and skills for God's glory. It all begins when we specify them. We need to specify them. Look at how J.B. Phillips translates Romans 12 and verse 3. In fact, let's read this out loud together. Would you read this with me? Try to have a sane estimate of your capabilities by the light of the faith God has given you. That's where it begins, implementation. We need to have a, notice what it says, a sane estimate of our abilities. We need to clearly identify our God-given talents and skills. We need to know exactly what our special abilities are and could I also say what they are not? Watch this. You know, sometimes I find myself wondering where I fit in the grand scheme of things. It's like... I want to be used by God, but I'm not sure how. I don't know where to serve. I'm not a brilliant doctor or, or an eloquent speaker. I'm, I'm not really a teacher or, or someone... Oh, <laughs> no, sorry, not me. <laughs> I don't do Sunday school. <laughs> no, kids don't like me. <laughs> I don't know why. 
<laughs> where was I? Oh, right. Where could I serve? I, I'm not a missionary. Now, see, now that's a purpose. That's something I could be excited about. You know, I think we all feel like this sometimes, but the fact of the matter is that all around us there are people in need in places that we can serve. It's easy to miss those simple and beautiful ways that we could be used by God. Oh, no, I, I don't do hospital visits. <laughs> no, sorry. I've got a weak stomach. Yikes. Oh, you don't want me praying for you. I can't string two sentences together. No, that's not my calling. No, sorry. Calling. You know, we use that word calling a lot. What's my calling in life? Oh. Yuck. I'm not cleaning the bathroom. Oh, what's my calling? I'm a professional athlete. I mean, not yet, but I will be. Yeah, and so am I. <laughs> I always wanted to catch a football like Jerry Rice. I always wanted to play basketball like Michael Jordan, but uh, the Bible says I need to have a sane estimate, <laughs> right, of my ability. So ask yourself, what do you do really, really well? You ever think about that? Even more important maybe is this question, what do others think that you do really, really well? What do they come to you for? Think about that. Here's another way of thinking about it. Another way of specifying your specific God-given abilities. I think our abilities fall into three categories. First of all, there are what I call head abilities. Head abilities. Abilities of the mind, intellectual skills, what we think are reasons. Some examples would be studying, researching, problem solving, organizing, analyzing, planning, investing, composing, working with numbers. Take some time this week to do some homework and list out some of your head abilities. And then there are hand abilities. Abilities of the body, physical skills, what we do or say. And there are so many, many, many examples here. Often, by the way, these include things that we learn to do, things that we have been to school for or to trade school. It's a skill that we have developed, perhaps, and refined. Again, take some time this week to think about your hand abilities that God has given to you. And then finally, I think there are heart abilities. Abilities that are emotional skills, what we feel or sense, like listening, nurturing, caring, counseling, encouraging, empathizing. What heart abilities has God given to you? Take some time to think and pray through that this coming week. Maybe that will help you to kind of think that through. Your head, your hands, your heart. So the first step in implementing my abilities is to specify them. Number two, I need to sanctify them. I need to sanctify them. Romans 12, verse 1, we read, Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to His service. Don't miss that. Dedicated to His service and pleasing to Him. Back to our earlier point we made about our abilities being used by God. And the reality is many abilities can be used for good 
or for bad. For right or for wrong. If I have the ability to organize, I could use that ability to organize a rescue or I could use that ability to organize a truck running through a mob of people. You follow what I'm saying? Again, we need to make certain that we devote or that we consecrate our lives, including our abilities, to the Lord. Read uh, 2 Timothy 2, verse 21 out loud with me. Let's read this one together. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a utensil God can use for His purpose. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the Master to use you for every good work. Keep yourself pure. Keep yourself clean. Devote yourself wholeheartedly to the Lord. Sanctify. It means to set apart. To devote your abilities, your life to the Lord. So the second step in implementing my abilities is to sanctify them. Number three, I need to sharpen them. I need to sharpen them. I just love Solomon's wisdom in Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 10. Remember, the duller the axe, the harder the work. Use your head. The more brains, the less muscles. Ah, you know what that's saying, don't you? I mean, sharpen the axe before you start chopping the wood. We need to hone, you see, our talents and our skills. We need to cultivate and develop our abilities. We need to go after whatever instruction and training is needed so that we can be the very best that we can be in using our God-given abilities for God's glory. Solomon put it this way, Proverbs 19 and verse 8, Do yourself a favor and learn all you can. Then remember what you learn and you will prosper. Go for it. So the third step in implementing my abilities is to sharpen them. Number four, I need to share them. My abilities are meant to be shared. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 reminds us, God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to massage your own ego. Wait a minute. Did I read that right? No, 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 no. Let me read it correctly. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. Yeah, that's the key. Use them to help each other. The bottom line is our abilities were given to us by God to be used for His glory as we serve others. Our abilities, you see, weren't meant to build us up. Our abilities were meant to build others up. So the fourth step in implementing my abilities is to share them. Four important steps to remember then in the implementation of our abilities. We need to specify them, we need to sanctify them, we need to sharpen them, and we need to share them. Which brings us to our final main thought this morning, and that's implications for my abilities. Let me, let me wrap up today's lesson in kind of a practical way, I guess, by taking a moment to talk about some key implications about our abilities in four specific areas of our lives. These are common to most of us, I think. First of all, let me talk about my work. Your work. 
In light of what we discovered about our God-given abilities, what implications does this have for my job, my career, or in the case of those of us who are retired here today, my work as a volunteer? Let me put it in one sentence. You fill in the blanks. I need to build on my strengths, not my weaknesses. I need to build on my strengths, not my weaknesses. So often we find ourselves devoting our time and energy to our weaknesses. I've got to get better at this. Rather than giving our time and effort to our strengths. Going with who we are. Let me give you an example. We do something well, and we have ten people who come to us and say, great job. Way to go. And we have one person who comes to us with a word of criticism. What do we remember? Huh? Come on. The criticism, don't we? Why? Why is that true? And we go and we mope and we, you know, I gotta get better at this. Well, maybe you don't have to get better at that. Because maybe that's not your shape. Let's remember the animals, folks. You go with what you're good at. You go with what God has shaped you to be. The abilities that He has given to you. Don't try to be something that you are not. So when it comes to my work, I need to build on my strengths, not my weaknesses. Now, secondly, let me talk about my marriage. Well, your marriage. (laughs) Many of us are married here today. Taking into account what we've learned about our God-given abilities, what implications does this have for my marriage? One sentence. Enhance each other's assets and compensate for each other's liabilities. It goes without saying that opposites attract. Isn't that true? You saw something in your spouse and you thought, oh, that is so cool. I really like that in him. I really like that in her. And so you got married and the very thing that you really liked in your spouse is now annoying the dickens out of you. Come on. So what do you do? You try to change them, don't you? Wrong. Don't try to make your spouse into someone God has not shaped him or her to be. Instead, appreciate those differences and realize that you are different for a reason. Because if both of you were exactly the same, one of you would not be necessary. And that's not the way the relationships work, is it? So learn to complement. Learn to complete. That's the word the Bible uses. To complete each other instead of being in conflict with each other. So when it comes to my marriage, we need to enhance each other's assets and compensate for each other's liabilities. Let me talk for just a moment about my family. Let me focus on parenting here. Whereas in the case of many of us, grandparenting, What implications does this morning's lesson about abilities have for us as parents or grandparents today? Well, again, in one sentence, I need to encourage my children or grandchildren to identify and develop their God-given 
abilities. Again, I would caution you here. Don't force your kids into a box they don't belong in. So often as parents and grandparents, we want our kids to become something that they are not. We try to force them to meet our expectations for them. Don't do that as a parent. That can be so frustrating to your children, it can actually ruin them. Instead, help them to discover and to develop their God-given abilities to be the best little girl or little guy that they were created and shaped by God to be. They are not you. Don't project on them your image. Let them be the best that God has shaped them to be. So when it comes to my family, I need to encourage my children or my grandchildren to identify and develop their God-given abilities. Now let me talk for a moment about my church. What implications does this morning's lesson on God-given abilities have for my relationship with my church? Again, one sentence. I need to offer my abilities to be used in my church's ministry. One of my biggest frustrations as a pastor is knowing that there are people in the congregation with talents and skills that are desperately needed in the ministry of the church, but they are not being used. Why? Most of the time it's because they're never offered. I don't know what it is about us. We, we use our skills, our talents, our abilities Monday through Saturday and then we show up on Sunday and we sit on our hands and oh, I hope they don't ask me to do anything. And we keep a lid on it. Ask yourself a couple of questions. Of all people... Why has God brought me to Springville Church of the Nazarene? You ever think about that? Of all the people that are here this morning, why has God brought me to this moment, this time, this place in my spiritual journey? Why am I here? What, what reason does God have? What purpose for me? Ask yourself that question. And then ask yourself this question. What kind of a difference would it make if I offered my abilities to be used in this church? It's back to that video we looked at earlier about those gifts. Everybody's just kind of standing around and there's the key and and they think, oh, okay, yeah, let's all pool our resources together. Let's all pitch in here. And they're still short. Why? Because one person was holding out. Because you see, it takes all of us. Each and every one of us bringing his or her skills and talents and abilities to be used in this church. For it to be everything that God wants it Now having said that, I want to call attention in your bulletin to a special little handout today. Did you notice that in your notes? Called Shape Profile? I wanted to provide you, we're now halfway through this series of lessons. (laughs) 
I wanted to provide you with a place where you can record the results of your findings. As we're working our way through this shape series, discovering our spiritual gifts, our heart, our abilities, our personality, and our experiences. Where can you put that? So you put your name on that. You can do that right now. Don't put date completed because you haven't completed it yet. We've still got two lessons to go. <laughs> but if you open it up, look at it. There's a spot in there for you to check your spiritual gifts. If you took that spiritual gift assessment, which by the way, there's still some copies of that back there on the lobby table if you didn't pick one up. To discover what your spiritual gift cluster is, you can check those off on there. Then there's a place for heart. We talked about that last week. What you have a passion to do. What God's given you a heart for that really energizes you and floats your boat. That's where you put that in the pink section there. And then you notice some abilities. By far, this is not even close to an exhaustive list of abilities. Which is why if you look at the very back page, it says hobbies and special interests. Yeah, your hobbies are part of your skill list. Skills that I learned in school, college, or special training. Any other talent, just in case we left something out, any other talents or abilities that God has given to you, this is your place to record them so everything's in one nice little neat place. And then next week we'll talk about personality and you can fill that part out. And then the last week experiences and how those are shaping you into the person that God has created you to be. And when you get all of this done, then you can sit down with a family member, you can sit down with a fellow Christian, you can sit down with the pastor and you can open this up and say, okay, this is what I learned. So how can God use me in the ministry of my church? So when it comes to my church, I need to offer my abilities to be used in my church's ministry. Shape for significance. This morning we focused on the A. How my abilities shape me. Let's close by reading these two verses in Ephesians chapter 4 out loud together. Would you read them with me? Christ has given each of us special abilities, whatever He wants us to have out of His rich storehouse of gifts. Why is it that He gives us these special abilities to do certain things best? It is so that God's people will be equipped to do better work for Him, building up the church, the body of Christ, to a position of strength and maturity. Amen. That's what we desire. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank You for these moments this morning that we could spend looking at our abilities those natural skills and talents that You have given to us sometimes from birth. Other times that we learned and we developed through training and schooling. But You've given all of us these abilities to be used in serving others for Your glory. Help us to bring those as an offering to You. To say, here am I, Lord. Use me. Whatever way possible, use me and my skills, my talents, my abilities in this church, in this community, in this world. 
Help us each one to leave our mark, to make an impact, an eternal difference in the lives of those around us because we're willing to live according to our shape, the shape You've given us. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.